This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially if you may be watching today for the very first time. We want you to continue to watch today as we discuss a subject entitled, Beauty that does not fade. Beauty that does not fade. And so I hope that you'll stay tuned. I think you're going to find this to be a quite uh, interesting lesson, one that I believe will be of benefit to each and every one of us. Today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Thousands of people all over the world are studying the course uh, uh, through this means. And we want to make it available to each and every one of you today. We have people in many foreign countries, in all of the states, in the United States, in Canada, many other places that are studying the Bible in this way. We want to make it available to each one of you today. And, and you say, well, Brother Lambert, how much does this course cost me? It, absolutely nothing. Well, maybe there is something. It's going to cost a little bit of your time. Number one, to stop long enough to, to dial the telephone and ask the person answering the phone uh, for the course. They just need your name and address your, and your telephone number if possible. And if you have an email address, we'd like to get that as well. But uh, also, we, we want you to know that this is free and that it's not going to cost you any money. Only cost you a little bit of your time. And then we'd encourage you to study the course once you get it. It, it, it's not going to do any good if you get it at home and then you lay it down, put it in your Bible, and never study it, never read it. So please, if you've already received the course, let's get it back into us so we can grade it. We'll get you in another course. We have other courses, more advanced courses that we can get you in. We want to help people know the Bible better. Because once you know the Bible better, you know God better, you know Jesus better, and your, your life will be better, your home life will be better, the nation will be better, the world will be better. The closer we are to God, the closer we are to those things that are good and right and holy. And we want men and women, boys and girls, to learn what they must do to become New Testament Christians. And it's by studying the Bible that we learn that. Now, we're going to pause so that you can learn how to receive the course and a little bit more about the Bible course itself. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I have two places I'd like to read, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. First of all, I'll read from Psalms chapter 90 and verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, 
And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Now turn to 1 Peter the third chapter, and I would like to read verses 1 through 4. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair, wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a, of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. John Keats once said, A thing of beauty is a joy forever. There was an article sometime back in an issue of the Reader's Digest entitled, Beauty by the Bucketful. And that article was talking about women's cosmetics. And it revealed that in the United States that women were spending more than $7 billion a year on cosmetics. And also they mentioned that men are beginning to get in on the use of cosmetics as well. In Proverbs, the 31st chapter and verse 30, there's a statement made about beauty. And there it says that favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, shall, she shall be praised. Our text in Psalms 90 and verse 17, as well as 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4, is talking about a, a beauty that does not fade. It's not talking about outward beauty, but rather it's talking about an inward beauty, a beauty of the heart. It is a, a spiritual beauty that the Lord gives to those who walk hand in hand with Him. It's a beauty that does not fade. This beauty should be sought. And we should be trying to find this beauty that does not fade. Let me tell you why. One of the reasons is, is because it is an inward beauty. In 1 Peter chapter 3, and verses 3 and 4, he talked about the hid, hidden man of the heart, the hidden person of the heart. And there is an inward man. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul talked about the outward man and the inward man, and the outward man is perishing, he said. And this inward man is being renewed day by day. He's talking about our heart, isn't he? And God sees our heart, whether it's a thing of beauty or not. 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says that God looks at the, man looks at the outward appearance, but, but God looks at the heart. Have you ever been watching television and you see a uh, commercial come on uh, advertising uh, maybe some type of cosmetic? Have you ever noticed that, that when they advertise cosmetics that they never use ugly women? Have you ever noticed that? It's obvious to me that they try to find some of the most beautiful women available that, that, that you can find to, to advertise these cosmetics and they're they're trying to convince the, the women of America, the women of the world, that if you'll use these cosmetics, you'll look just exactly like these women. Now, that's what they're trying to convince you. But have you ever wondered about the hidden person of the heart in those women? I'm sure there's some of them good people. But I have an idea that some of them who look so beautiful on the outside, 
If we could see the inside as God sees the inside, that it may not indeed be a thing of beauty. Yes, indeed, we should seek this beauty that does not fade because it is inward. It has to do with our heart. And yet another reason we should seek it is because this beauty is not subject to corruption. In 1 Peter 3 and 4, he says that it is not corruptible. And this is a beauty that does never fade. And then we should seek this beauty because it involves our attitude. Peter talked about being possessed of a meek and a quiet spirit. That has to do not with the outward person, not with our apparel that we have on. It has to do with an attitude, a meek spirit, a quiet spirit. And we ought to seek that. And yet another reason that we ought to seek the beauty that does not fade is because it is a precious thing indeed. First Peter chapter 3 and 4 says, In the sight of God it is of great price. Now, now if we had to choose between an outward beauty and an inward beauty, so far as our relationship to God is concerned, I, I think I'd rather be as ugly as a fence post and yet have a heart that in the sight of God is a thing of beauty. And you see, God is looking not at our outward man, but He's looking at the heart. And hence, we need to seek the beauty that never fades. And this beauty, however, can be lost. You can lose this beauty. And that beauty fades when sin enters into a person's life. David was a man described in the Bible as being after God's own heart. Not when David was doing wrong, but of course when David was doing right. The 51st Psalm is one of his psalms in which he's expressing his penitent attitude over some terrible, terrible things that he had done. And David said, Have mercy upon me, God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And then he said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. David didn't feel very, very good about himself. He knew that inwardly that he was polluted in God's sight. And he wanted God to cleanse him of his iniquity. In verse 10 he says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So David felt dirty and he felt polluted. That has to do with the inward person. And so the beauty that we're talking about can be lost. And I've seen some very fine young people, the very prime of their lives, and they're, they're living a good Christian life, and then they fall in, in company with the wrong kind of people. And their good conduct becomes corrupted and and it's not long until this young person, this young man or this young woman who had such great promise to be a great servant of God has now lost that inward beauty and they're living a life of sin and they're living a life of corruption and they're far from God. You see, that beauty that we're talking about goes when we lose the joy of our salvation in Psalms, the 50th chapter, or 51st chapter, rather. And in verse 12, David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. 
And he lost that joy because of the sin that was in his life. So there is that beauty that can be sought. But there is that beauty that can be lost. And we lose that beauty when we, do, when we mar ourselves, our hearts, our lives with sin. And it can destroy us. And David lost that beauty. He lost that beauty because he committed adultery. He lost that beauty because he committed murder. But David repented and God restored him back to his place, to his rightful place. He forgave him and that beauty then was restored. And our, that beauty fades when our spirit is wrong. Oh, a person on the outside may look like they're living a good Christian life and they may do all the right things. They may attend every service and they may sing every song and they, they may bow their heads during every prayer and they may tell the preacher they enjoyed his sermon and they, they may be, put a big check in the contribution plate when it is passed on the Lord's day and, and they might even raise their hand when it's asked who all is a daily Bible reader. They may be doing a lot of things that are good and right, but then they may have an attitude that is wrong. And a wrong attitude can damn your soul just as quickly as any other sin. And I've seen people who had good attitudes. Some of the nicest people I've ever known, some of the sweetest people I've ever known in my life were children of God. But some of the meanest people I think I've ever seen all my life claim to be Christians because they had a mean, rotten, stinking attitude. They needed a checkup from the neck up. They needed an attitude adjustment. They did, their attitude was not right. They did not have the spirit of Christ, did not have the attitude of Jesus Christ, and that beauty goes when you do not have the right attitude. Here's an individual claims to be a Christian, and yet they go around gossiping all the time. They go around talking about people all the time. They're going around condemning people all the time. Do you think there's a beauty in that individual's life? Absolutely not. There's nothing beautiful about that. But to me, one of the most beautiful things you'll ever see is to see an individual who loves God and loves Jesus and loves the truth and loves the church, loves people, loves doing right, and they do it out of love, not out of compulsion. They do it out of love, not because they have to. They do it out of love, not trying to put on a show for other people. And they just live a good, godly life. I'm thinking about a woman now. We just called her grandma when, when, when I knew her. She's now going home to be with the Lord. And she was a sweet person. She died up in her 90s. She had the most cheerful attitude. I don't think I ever knew her when she did not have a cheerful attitude. I had a smile on her face, even when she didn't feel good. I'm sure there were times she didn't feel good, but she had a glow about her. And Grandma always had that beauty that does not fade. Well, let me tell you something else about that beauty. And that beauty can be bought. But you can buy this beauty that does not fade, not with money, however. You, you can't buy it with money. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. 
Silver and gold corrupts. It's corruptible, subject to corruption. So you can't buy this beauty. You can't buy an inward beauty with money. But it's bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and a lamb without spot. Jesus died that our sins might be forgiven and that we might be cleansed and purified of our sins and thus have this beauty, the beauty of the Lord upon us as David talks about here in the 90th Psalm. And so... Jesus' blood is the thing that cleanses us of our sins. Uh, Revelation 1.5 says, Unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And it's when we as, as penitent believers are baptized that our sins are cleansed in that blood. Listen to Acts 22.16. And now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The washing away of sins comes after the act of baptism in that passage and not before it. So I know that we have to be baptized. Our sins be washed away. I don't know of any way that you can explain that passage other than that. You can explain it another way, but that's exactly what the passage is saying and that's exactly what the passage means. Our, our, our sins are cleansed and we get that beauty from having our sins cleansed in Jesus' blood as believers in Christ, as penitent believers in Christ, as confessing co penitent believers in Christ, is when we're baptized into Christ. Galatians 3.27. Romans 6, verse 3, as well as verse 4. And so do you have that beauty today? Well, this beauty that does not fade has to be wrought. It has to be wrought. It's God's gift to us. We, we don't earn it. There's nothing I can do to earn that beauty. There's nothing I can do to, to obtain the forgiveness of my sins. That is by my own merits. By my own human righteousness. My own human righteousness is just like filthy rags in God's sight. Uh, Isaiah 64, 6. So how am I going to receive that beauty that does not fade? How will I get that beauty of the Lord that does not fade, that Peter talks about. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. You see, we are saved by God's grace, by His unmerited favor. God gives us what we need. That's the forgiveness of our sins. Not what we deserve. We deserve to be lost forever. But He loved us so much that He sent His Son into the world to die on the cross to save us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. But He did it anyway. That's being saved by grace. It's getting what we need and not what we deserve. And when I become a Christian by believing in Christ and repenting of my sins and confessing my faith in Christ, being baptized into Christ, then I have that beauty of the Lord upon me that beauty that does not fade. And that beauty that does not fade expresses itself in Christian character. It expresses itself in the way that we live every day. 
Listen to Paul in Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is... Now let's stop right there. In the verses preceding this, he had been talking about works of the flesh. The works that are characteristic of the life that does not possess this beauty. And now he's talking about the life that, that has that is possessing of this beauty that does not fade. He, he's talking about people who are now Christians and people who are in Christ and people who are in the church and people who are trying to live right. And, and the way that they express this beauty is like this. The fruit of the Spirit is, and he says, love first of all. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and meekness and temperance and so forth. Someone suggested, and maybe they're correct, I'm not certain they are, but that the fruit of the Spirit is love and that all of the other things that he mentions in this chapter in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23 grow out of that love. And that may, be, may well be the case. It just it sounds good. And maybe it is true. I know this, you can't have the rest of that fruit unless you do love. Unless you love God, unless you love your fellow man, unless you even love your enemies. Unless you love the church, unless you love the Bible, unless you're doing good, unless you love doing right. You're not going to have much joy in your life. You're not going to have much peace in your life. You're not going to be temperate unless you, first of all, have the right kind of love in your heart. But you see, this peace that we're talking about, the, the, the beauty, rather the beauty that we're talking about, that does not fade, manifests itself in the way that we live every day. And so Jesus said, By their fruits ye shall know them. And it's by the way that we live and the fruit that we bear in our lives that people can tell if we have that beauty that is within. There just seems to be a glow on us when we live for Jesus Christ. There's a song that we sometimes sing that has this expression in it. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. And we do need to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us every day that we live the Christian life. This is a beauty that must be wrought in our lives. And you can have that beauty. You can have the beauty that, that we're talking about that is of the heart, the beauty that is of a meek and quiet spirit, the beauty that, that, that is of the Lord by giving your life to Jesus Christ. We hear from people almost every week who make the decision to give their lives to Christ. Almost every week we hear of people who are saying, I, I want to be baptized. And we, we have someone to take these people and study with them further and, and they're baptized into Jesus Christ. We'd like to help you along that line. You can have the beauty that does not fade. There are a lot of ugly things in this world, aren't there? I don't want to bore you by talking about all of the ugliness in our world. We already know about all of the ugliness, all of the corruption and all of the crime and all of the violence and all of the hate and all of the killing that's going on in our world, all of the broken homes and all of the, the children that are neglected in our world today. We know about all of those ugly things. Bad attitudes. 
But we can have a beauty that nobody can ever take away from you. And we may grow old. And our faces may be wrinkled with the passing of time. But as we begin to grow older, that beauty that is within shines brighter and brighter with each passing day. I want you to have the beauty that does not fade. But more than that, God wants you to have that beauty as well. You say, Brother Lambert, my life is a mess. You just don't understand how my life is. You don't understand the mess I've made of my life. I've, I've, I've had problems in my life. There have been marital problems in my life, financial problems in my life. There are things that I've done that I'm ashamed of. I want you to know that God can take a life like yours and He can make something beautiful out of it. He can take you and make you beautiful on the inside and wash you and cleanse you of your sins. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you not make a decision to do that today? Please let us know if we can help you. Please call right now and say, I want someone to help me to have that beauty. We want you to have the Bible correspondence course that we've already mentioned on, on the telecast. That will help you in your quest for the beauty that does not fade. Please do that. I want to encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community because you're going to find people who will try to help you in your journey to, into eternity. They'll, they'll help you to find this beauty that does not fade. Uh, not long ago, I was preaching in a city where a man had listened to our telecast or watched our telecast, and uh, he decided that he would visit the Church of Christ in, in the community there. This man at one time had been a very faithful member of the Church of Christ. He came to hear me preach. I was preaching in another town near where he lives. And he said, Brother Lambert, I've gone back to the Lord. And I can tell you there was a glow about him. There was a smile on his face because now he had that beauty that does not fade. There was another man that same week while I was preaching in that same place who walked down the aisle one night. And he said, I want to get my life right with God. This man had many problems in his life. But he's in the process of trying to get his life right with God. Learning. He knows nothing about God. Nothing about the Bible. But he's learning. He'll soon have that beauty. You can have it. You can have it as well. I want to urge you to think on these things. This is serious business. And I want to urge you to call for the Bible course. Visit the church nearest you, the Church of Christ in your community. And if you're not sure where it is, you call us. We'll help you find the church closest to you. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, 
or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. This is a free call. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.